0: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman,
1: and this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious
0: Trexperts. It's been so long it's that I jumped so my long. line. Oh, I don't even remember how to do it anymore. You're a little out of uh, practice. Let, 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 let's 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 um, Too much LDS. <laughs> oh, there he is. I was going to say, let's try. Where I go. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. You go. Hey, this is Darren Docterman. He goes, and I'm. Uh, uh, Ashley Edward Miller, and then we are the Inglorious transports. But oh, okay, my. we'll save that for next time. Oh, Welcome right, to okay. season five. Oh my <laughs> goodness.
1: They say they said it couldn't be done. They, said they say there's no devil, Jimmy of topics.
0: But I've seen it. Straight out of hell. And here we are. <laughs> I, I, I I'm so I'm so excited to be back for my final season, gentlemen. Yeah. It's yes, very... well we'll see about that. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. We've got to be special. We got to take it to a whole new level. Trek right. movie called us the best Star Trek podcast of two thousand twenty one. I yeah. want to be the best Star Trek podcast of two thousand twenty two, as, as well, well. and yes. two thousand twenty three. Right. You know when I when I when I say goodbye when you when retire.
1: I, when you retire have, from the inglorious Trexperts.
0: have you guys heard? But what
1: if we
2: then you? use a, a, a seldom used, little-known reserve activation
0: clause? Only if you get me the medallion. I want to wear <laughs> damn the damn it, coin. Mark. We need you, M- medallion. You know oh the disco God. medallion. That would be that'd be cool. <laughs> Maybe disco xo Eight will make it. They're too busy making <laughs> a- action figures that nobody else wants. They should just stick to the. I mean, Let's Star stick to Trek the motion want. Yeah, the yeah. Star Trek Motion Picture looks so awesome. Yes. I can't wait to get those. I can't wait to get them. I just got my Mirasulu. I'm not sure why I got it, but I wanted to support, you know, classic track and all its forms. It's the
1: only one of those that I haven't bought, because uh I don't need no mirror Sulu. I need yeah, mirror but Spock. he's cool
0: in mirror mirror. murmur, cool. Mur-mur.
1: Mur-mur. What's mur-mur. A murmur, Murmur. What's a murmur? Murmur. It's a murmur. Murmur. I'm
0: having a heart. Having murmur. A heart mirror mur-mur. Mur-mur. <laughs> yeah. murmur. Do you smell toast? I, I don't. I, I always, you know, when I, you know, I'm the thing I always worry about is is like being like Glenn Ford and at Superman. I know when yeah. he reaches for his arm, it's always really sad, and I'm like, I don't oh, ever want no. to have to reach for my arm because I, I, you know, when Glenn Ford dies in Superman, especially as a kid, that was really traumatizing. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you know? when your when your super
0: speed kid challenges you in a race, don't take him up on it. Oh man! <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, for, that should be the meme. The, yeah. Did did Clark Kent, did Superman, kill his father? He did. Of, did. of course he did. He yeah, did. of course he did. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Dad, let's race. Forget <laughs> Indiana, forget Indiana Jones having nothing to do with the Lost Ark. It has yeah. to. It's really about uh, Superman killing, uh, killing, killing Dad. Ben Ford. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. yeah, Henry Ford. Like... Henry. No. Henry Ford. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So, oh, um, so we're back. But here this we are. The, the fifth season. Right. The fifth season, season that means five. means we've been doing this for for four. This is our five year mission. It's our five year mission. And you know, it's funny because I said, you know, the guys, I said, uh, you know, when we come back, this is the first time we've taken a hiatus, and, and in, you know, all, of all these years, we've Ever. never missed, we've never missed a week. And um, I said, well, you know, we got to come back with a big episode. We got to come back with big guests, a big, you know, something that's really gonna set the world on fire. Yeah. And uh, and then we decided, no, instead, we, we're so upset. We're so angry about this, this, this campaign.
1: That I don't we had think anger first... is the right word. I don't think anger is the right word because we're used to this
0: from we're rough the powers okay. that be. So, uh, Dan, what is today's episode? Tell us, tell us what episode, the first episode of season five is going to be. This
1: episode is called <laughs> The Starship Isn't Landing
0: Ever. The Starship isn't landing. the starship isn't landing. The Starship <laughs> is not landing um and 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 the thing at the thing the, for those of you who are like, what does that even mean? what are they talking so, about that kind of was our reaction and yeah as you may recall on September eighth this is something then the last couple of years got minted by uh paramount Cbs it's a Star Trek day. It's a way of promoting the new shows and celebrating the legacy of star trek let's let's yes. put it that way. So sure. uh, they announced this this marketing campaign, this merchandising campaign uh, on the web and on Amazon and everywhere you looked and it was said the starship is landing and everybody's like what does that what? mean? What what is that? You know, and then what was so funny I, I think people you know were so outraged, well, you know, they changed we're just the campaign in suspense now to the enterprise is landing. The enterprise yeah, right. is landing, which is you, familiar to anybody is play played against Sam.
1: You need, or, or, you need or, to, re- Mark. You need to repeat that because you froze for about six I, seconds. I froze. Yeah. I, okay. Right. So the, because my even my computer knows
2: how you use stupid. the omega thirteen. <laughs> Roll back time, <laughs> and the computer
0: is so outraged. So the 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 the, the uh, jettisoned the, uh, the, the 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 spaceship, the, star- the spaceship, or starship, the starship, starship, is landing, starship
1: is landing, and and, and they week replaced two, it with.
0: We two Week was two the was... enterprise. The enterprise is landing. The enterprise is landing. Now, here's the thing about how silly this is. I'm going to say silly um, because it, it's um, you know, it's like it's not like "Play It against Sam" or "I Love You, I Know" or you know, all these amazing lines. Catchphrases, uh, yeah, favorite thing. Okay, not only is Star Trek full of catchphrases, yeah, um, with none of which are embraced in this campaign, but. The very fundamental DNA of Star Trek, going back to the very beginning, is based on the fact the starship does not land. There is no version of, of of the original Star Trek or Next Generation where a starship is equipped to
1: land. I mean... If the starship is landing, you have a very big
0: problem. The starship is crashing. Starship yes. is yes. crashing. It's yeah, you know, just not it's, really so much as a landing as, as it is as a... <laughs> a and it made us wonder what so-called Star Trek fan would it would buy these shirts or this merchandise and and proudly walk around the Enterprise is landing. The star, what, that's like saying, um, you know, I love Star Trek. How about that? That Luke Skywalker isn't he great in that Star Trek? Yeah, you know that's- that that's what wearing a shirt like that is like. And so we you know we went back and we thought are we are we crazy that we're so you yes. know uh, upset over this no we're not we're not crazy about this because if you go back to the very beginning to the bible to the book no more cracks the about the book the original book this is the making of star trek and in the making of star trek gene you know the story is this is not some obscure story that the transporter was invented to circumvent having to show the Enterprise landing. I mean, this is part of Star Trek lore. Anyone remotely familiar with Star Trek lore knows, oh, the transporter was invented to circumvent having to show the ship land every week because it was just too expensive. So Gene talks about this very subject in The Making of Star Trek. So we've invited Gene to come to the show because no doubt he's as irate as we are to discuss this.
1: From The Making of Star Trek by Stephen E. Whitfield, And Gene Roddenberry. Gene's insistence upon the believability factor, as it has come to be known, imposed tremendous problems from the very beginning. It continues to do so even today. The series format hinted that the Enterprise rarely lands upon a planet. This was quickly changed to never. Land a ship 14 stories tall on a planet's surface every week. Not only would it have blown our entire weekly budget, but just suggesting it probably would have ruined my reputation in the industry forever. There was also a dramatic reason involved in the decision. Any type of spaceship landing must necessarily be a time-consuming operation. This is one of the many instances where a compromise forced us into creative thought and actually improved what we planned to do. If someone had said... We will give you the budget to land the ship. Our stories would have started slow, much too slow. The fact that we didn't have the budget forced us into conceiving the transporter device beamed them down to the planet, which allowed us to be well into the story by script page two.
0: Okay, so there, there you have it. Straight from the great bird's beak, mouth. Beak, beak. <laughs> beak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's so Star sh- Trek beak on the 430 movie. <laughs> the beak is landing. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, maybe the great bird is landing, but the, great the ship bird is landing. not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's feathering yeah. his nest.
1: Right from his <laughs> he's own he's mouth. Flying right up your nose. Anyone remotely uh, knowledgeable about the history of Star Trek knows this to be true. So, Search it, your it's, feelings. It's throwing... It's throwing a complete falsehood right at us. And this is this is from, from the studio, from the it's, machine that is putting out Star Trek now. I, it's worse than a falsehood. This, it's a dumb I, hood. I, I,
0: I just got this telegram from the, the um, Paramount uh, Marketing. Uh, they've announced that they, they, they've heard us. They understand. And they're changing the T-shirts to now say, the transporter is beaming. What? The transporter is beaming. That's awful. Why would anyone do that? Well, because no, it's that's... so happy that it has a job again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, like, like well, seriously, what are the catchphrases that you would put on a show? I, I could think, of "What resistance is futile." That is sure. something that people associate yeah. with the with the show. What are some other catchphrases other than the engage, enterprise? engage, engage? Absolutely, yeah.
1: let's Absolutely. see what's out
0: there. Let's see. yeah. You know, how about this? Uh, um, uh, um. that away sure yeah out there fire the rockets fire the rockets even that even Even that as silly as that is and it's funny that ashley mentions fire the rockets because that's the catchphrase for our new podcast deck 78 now deck 78 um is dropping new episodes uh uh, to our inglorious Trexperts plus subscribers so, you can continue to get Inglorious Trek experts 100% for free. It will always be free. You can get it for free. Well, you're not going to interfere with the, the, the Inglorious Trek deliciousness. But if you want even more Trek and Trek adjacent topics like Mostly Alien, Blade Runner, Thundar the Barbarian, and the Black <laughs> Hole, well, you want to subscribe to Trek Sports Plus. And how do you do that? You can uh, go to a link available on social media uh, through our social channels and Glorious Trek and Glorious Treksperts and and click on the link, which will take you to subscription uh, to uh, Treksperts Plus. And that will get you episodes of Deck 78, which I have to say, we've recorded a few of them. I think it's a great show, if I do say so myself.
1: I think it's a lot of fun. It's different from Treksperts, mostly because there's almost no Trek in it. But um, it's also uh, a little more freewheeling and, uh, and uh, uh, devil may care,
0: should I say. Devil yes. may care, yeah. yeah. Definitely devil Don't may you think I people. know that?
1: <laughs> no,
0: no. It's, it's, it's true. So what are some other catchphrases you think they could have used on this merchandise? Um, well, uh, th- there's the one that they use. Live long and far, prosper.
1: Far too much, yes. Live long and prosper. Which yeah, okay, no one I'm really knows bad. what it means. Uh, and, you know, I, I've, I've had enough of the Delta um, I don't think we need to see that anymore. But you know what? You haven't
0: had enough on t shirts. I've had enough of you. That's, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that was. I've, that is...
1: I have had enough of Star Trek 3.
0: <laughs> that would only be through obscurities. That would your, com- your t shirt line. <laughs>
2: it's coming through now, Con. Or as I texted earlier this evening, it's coming through now, Juan. I mean, <laughs> well,
1: how about still?
0: The- Old friend. Friend.
1: Sure. Uh you know, agreed. These aren't as these aren't as catchy. He's dead, worthy. Jim. He's dead, Jim. Yeah, it's it's dead, Jim. That's well, well, what the starship is landing,
0: says to beat me, me up. Will somebody close that door? You know Sure. Um you know, I, I I just I'm I'm thinking you know, greetings and, and felicitations and felicitations. I I was just thinking that about the same time as you were. It's very go figure, for me. Go figure, Darren. Get out of my mind.
2: <laughs> today, today is a good day
0: to die. Sure. I mean, you know, and if you look at like some of these characters, Q alone has a a, a bunch of uh, yeah. The nice. trial never ends. The, tri- the trial never ends. That's a good one. I don't know how it's selling. Of course, on, it did on, end. On mugs. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, it did come that to a close. That wasn't all that ended. <laughs> uh, in Terry Metalus we trust. <laughs> okay, that's not really a catchphrase, but it, it's, no. uh, it's uh, hopefully true. Look, um, the, the
1: great thing about Star Trek is is that it's not really about catchphrases. No, it it's is. It's about is, is. good stories and great characters. That's what it's about. And Although no what matter what does how God much you need try, with
0: the starship?
2: You don't ask a, is the almighty for his ID, Mark.
1: That's right. What well, you know, what does God need with a starship that lands? That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 need yeah, it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. It couldn't even land to pick up God. So if it can't oh. do that, it's not going <laughs> to it's not gonna land it's just not gonna land and I mean the whole idea of a starship landing I mean I, did they somehow watch like the JJ movies and think well it was built on earth so probably maybe, uh maybe probably. It land maybe it has little wheels why wouldn't lands it land on maybe like they saw the dinky toy the dinky enterprise and think oh yeah I bet that feet. lands <laughs> now
2: lands. the Voyager landed
0: yeah yeah but,
1: but that's,
0: that's the... not a, is that yeah, a starship not... what do they call that ship? Is it the it is is a starship? The, the teaspoon. I don't know. The
1: flying teaspoon. It's a thing. It's a. It's, it's a. Thingy. There's a thing out there.
2: Why Edith's is anything lighting. we don't understand always called a thing? Because that's the
1: word for something we don't understand. A thing. Oh. Oh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Look, the, the, the trying to put a catchphrase on Star Trek is ludicrous. First of all. Um, The catchphrase of Star Trek is, oh, Star Trek. Hmm. That's all you need to say about it, because it encompasses so much uh, and and needs so little to back it up.
0: Boldly go. Well, it is about boldly going and it is about capturing that sense of um, exploring the universe and, and, and the human heart. Um, you know, but uh, <laughs> but the, the Enterprise is landing. It doesn't capture any of that. It, no. and, and this goes to something we've talked about: that there is a fundamental lack of understanding about what makes Star Trek. It's like
1: tick. looking at Uber and and seeing the Enterprise is four minutes away. You know what <laughs> is that is that what God thought? Was he yeah. basically
2: sitting there on the planet, just keeps checking his phone? He's looking. Yeah. It's
0: like. The Enterprise is hmm. landing. Sounds like an ad for the rental car, you know. Yeah. Well, Enterprise is landing at an airport near you, where you can rent Shoes cars. Choose Enterprise. But, we'll yeah, pick yeah. you up. Yeah. It's landing <laughs> at, at in front of your house, so you don't have to go to. You know, it's like, come on. See, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just. I'm, I, I, find it vexing because I feel like, you know, look, we, we know in this world we live in, IP is what it is. It's something to be exploited. It's something to to be. You know, sold, and it's something you know. But Star Trek, I think, always meant more to us than that. It wasn't just an IP. It was, I don't know if I would say a way of life, but it was, it was, it was something that meant something not to us, but to a whole hell of a lot of people. Yeah. And because of its, you know, not to be trite, but you know, its sense of family, its sense of uh, optimism about the future, sense of a better world, you know, it was uh, that it united us, you know, in in in, in a common you know, love for, for this, this show. And, um, it's just, people don't get it. They don't well, get it's it. funny because it
2: was, it was this thing where it was all we had, right? Like it wasn't content, which is a word just that gets like thrown the around on too much. 3. All that right. we have. It's all we have. Yeah. This is all that we have. Um, no, but it was all that we had. And you know, we had to, to treasure it. It and it wasn't being produced to, you know, drive subscriptions, like or to have like there weren't twelve Star Trek shows happening simultaneously. Like nobody was referring to it as content. Um, you know, it was it was a show that the that the producers, you know, Gene Kuhn and Gene Roddenberry and like the actors, I mean all the writers that they were they were making a show that they didn't know from week to week if they were coming back or not.
1: So they were what just you're trying saying, to make a great show. What you are saying is that modern Star Trek is the wrath of content. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> but you know, seriously, let's get that word out of everyone's mouth when we're talking about this stuff. Yeah, you know the, it's the second that I think we start to refer to the whether the shows are great or not great, whether you love them or don't love them. The second that we start referring to them as content, I think that we strip away something very vital from them.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there's something. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's something that I maybe you can elucidate on because I'm not sure I can understand it. But, you know, Star Trek is very different than something like NCIS or Criminal Minds, you know, which may have a much larger audience, but they don't stay with people. There's something they watch, they may enjoy the characters. Uh, they don't know the episodes, they don't know the directors nor, nor should they right? Um, but with Star Trek, it's something people go back to again and again and again. and obviously it's you know, so you go to these conventions and um, and, and, and uh, you know become so involved in a community of like-minded individuals. What is it? about star trek and again you know we've heard you know in the world of star trek david gerald says oh because you know it's it's a family right or and and you know there's so many so many books and articles that, that attempt to explain it but why is it what why 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 here we are five years we've been doing this dopey show talking about Star Trek, and and we're not even tired of it we've only scratched the surface you know I, I, I don't get it. And there are not many people that know more about this stupid subject than I do. Well, I,
2: I think there's a, there's a thing that we take for granted now about Star Trek. I think even we three take for granted, which is that at the time that Star Trek premiered, there was nothing like it at all, ever. There had never been anything like it at all, ever. Yes, there had been science fiction on television. There was science fiction on television. There were these science fiction movies, and there were like some of them were good, man. Like you know, the Day of the Earth Stood Still, or for, you know, or Forbidden Planet, or like I was about to say Forbidden World, and that was not. Um, but you know, like there was there were these things that were science fiction. But the spaceship was landing in Forbidden the World. The spaceship, yes, it, it totally player. was. But what was different about Star Trek? And very different, say so you contrast it to Lost in Space. Yeah, okay, that's the Robinson family and their characters, I guess. But nobody in Lost in Space is ever struggling with anything. Nobody in Lost in Space is ever truly making a difficult choice. In in the context of what's happening in Star Trek, in those stories, those are really human stories first. And they are science fiction stories second. In and fact, you know
1: as, as you're mentioning all of these other science fiction stories. Star Trek is the only one where the ship never did land.
2: You know what? That's exactly right. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it's like literally the only show where the ship doesn't land. But, but put yourself
2: in the position of an audience at that time. And what you're watching is something that is very different, that will speak to you um, in ways that, that other, other science fiction shows and films have not yet spoken to you. Right. Because they're speaking to you personally. They're asking you to put yourself in the position of the people who are on that ship to make decisions, to have an emotional relationship with the story. And I think that's the kind of thing that you just, you get a hit of that just once, man. And it just brings you back again and again. And and that's what created the bond of the audience to the show. That's why they stuck with it. That's why they wrote letters. That's why they went to conventions. Because it wasn't about the characters being on the ship that wasn't landing. It was about
0: them being on the ship. It was about us being on the ship. Could you make the argument could you make the argument that you know it's not literal it's not meant to be taken literal they're saying the enterprise is landing at a store near you you know I mean the, the, the starship is landing like it, it's it's being introduced to you you know it, it it's not literally the starship is landing I don't take it that way but I guess maybe somebody could make that argument that maybe it's not meant to be taken literally yes but why give those marketing pukes <laughs> the <laughs> credit
1: no I mean maybe so it could be look the to, uh, to borrow a quote from one of our favorite producers, Star Trek is an ice blue terrifying series about people you love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I have to say, um, you know, what's so interesting and look, if you look at all the series, they have inspired people in different ways and truly all the series. I mean, mm-hmm. you go back to uh, the original Star Trek. And what that meant to us, and particularly Captain Kirk. Um, you go to Next Generation, and how that inspired you know a generation. Certainly Voyager, um, you know, and and Deep the Space role Nine, and absolutely. Deep Space Nine, uh, you know, and 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 particularly the Enterprise and Cisco. They've all, and and even if you get to the new stuff, the, the stuff that have tapped into something that is special to people. Yeah, you know, you you know, every Star Trek show is someone's favorite show someone you know someone's favorite star trek which is really a remarkable thing um and and so to distill it down to the enterprise is landing i'm not saying this is an easy task but it, it's kind of ridiculous yeah it, it misses yeah. the point of star trek you know which is is and, and, that, and that well risk is our business isn't that really what that, that, yeah, that that's me, a I pretty think. good catchphrase, by the way. Risk is our business; landing is not. Yeah, well, risk, risky. I mean, risk is our business. That kind of says it all. Yeah, you know, and uh, because even though, I mean, even though that episode, "Return to Tomorrow," is not a great episode by any means, that speech is remarkable, and in a yep. way, that is a distillation of the ethos of Star Trek. No <laughs> matter how dangerous and risky something is. We do it to expand the frontiers of knowledge and, um, and 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 you know, again, he's not – not I could force you to do this. I'm not, I could order you to do this, but I'm not. You know, he's saying, you know, do this because it's the right thing to do because that's why we're, that's why we're here. That's why we're in the because enterprise. That's why we're exploring. Insp-
1: he's inspiring his crew as he inspires the audience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because you, you may recall a few weeks ago on the show, I said one of the things – uh, you know that i'm surprised about that this doesn't resonate for me about strange new worlds is the fact as, as much as i absolutely love anson uh as uh as captain pike that he doesn't um that, that he 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 doesn't take command that he's yeah. besides the cooking he's he's listening a lot and he's letting people tell him what to do on his bridge crew and they're all and it's kind of like a circular firing squad where they're all you know shouting out things and You know, ultimately, he's not taking command. And that's something as somebody who grew up on Kirk and Picard, who, you know, I I, I have a a real problem with. And it's interesting because I saw him address it recently where he, he feels that's a tremendous asset to the show, that we live in a world now where everybody's voice matters and where the role of the captain is basically to listen, to hear everyone out and then be able to make a decision because he's getting all this great advice. Now, I don't agree with that. Because I feel the captain has more experience, and that the captain should be able to make these decisions, and that you know the per, you know the, the person who's the navigator obviously is great at piloting the script the ship should be great at piloting it. or the communication <laughs> officer, the, script. The, script. the script has landed <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the your, or the communication officer is great at communicating but it doesn't yeah. mean that they're qualified to offer all this advice right. on how to command the starship.
1: Right, you know, it's, it's like the they can say, "Let's
0: land the ship." No, we can't do it's, that.
1: It's the captain's job to take all the advice of his of his team and make a decision. That's what he's there for, because of his uh, greater experience and uh, and his wisdom, or her wisdom. You know, it, it's 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 silly to try and make you know make the bridge of the Enterprise a democracy because it shouldn't be.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, that's a line that has always resonated for me, which is uh, when Kirk says, when this becomes a democracy, I let you know. I believe, obviously, strongly in the democratic values and the value of democracy. Of course. But there are are times where someone needs to lead. Someone needs to be the final voice. It's like, Ashley, what is the first thing they teach you as a showrunner? There's no wrong decision other than making no decision. That's exactly right. It's like your
2: job is to make the show run. And that is it. And, and you
0: know, that's why when somebody like, comes up to you and says, should this be green or red? You can't say, well, let me get back to you on that. You know, you say either green or red. And you know what? You live with that decision. You don't have and to go back 10 minutes later. Be, obviously, it should be red. <laughs> 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 you know, and you, you don't go back later and say, well, you know, I changed my mind. Maybe, maybe, you know, what, what do you think? You know, it's like.
1: Uh, well, you can ask, what do you think?
0: But then you, but then the you need to make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and clearly, you know, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, I, but this whole, the enterprise is landing. I, 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 th- I think it just goes again to this idea of, you know, Star Trek as product, which you talked about earlier. Uh, Star Trek as, as, as generic sci-fi. Mm-hmm. That's what pu- fills me
1: with fear and dread is that they think of it as generic sci-fi. Oh, no one will care. Let's just, uh, you know, let's give something for the fans. You know, whatever. I don't care. You know,
0: and whether you're, you know, TOS, uh, uh, guys like us, or a Deep Space Nine fan like Ashley, obviously I am as well, but, um, you know, Next Gen or Enterprise or even, you know, Discovery or any of these other shows, um, we all have one thing in common. We love the shows that we love. We absolutely yeah. love them, you know, and we'll, we'll defend them, you know, and, and, and talk about them. And it's just, so when it, it's not taken seriously when it's trivialized with some kind of, you know, ridiculous, you know, catchphrase. Um, it's unfortunate. It's like, did you see the new um, 4k of Poltergeist that it has yeah. that picture of Craig T. Nelson with like light exploding uh, from the house you know, Pauldergeist had one of the great pieces of key art ever for a movie, which was that black background with the TV and Carol Ann yeah. silhouetted yeah. in front of it. Yeah, Gorgeous. But, of course, in the world that we live in now, we need a picture of Craig T. Nelson with light exploding from a house. Yeah, because it's exciting. Because it's you can't, exciting. You can't it, show it, a kid it, it,
1: sitting in front of a TV. That's boring.
0: Yeah, yeah it might be one them, scary. They probably figure, oh, well, we can't show a TV because most of the kids, they don't know what that is. Well, you know, I don't know what that's TV is, question. you know, um, but, it, it, you know, it's kind of. Um, it, it's, well, let it, me explain it to the audience. If you have what's called
2: a cathode ray tube and it turns on by itself and starts to speak to your five year old, sell the house,
0: get out. That's all I have to say. Go ahead. You can't expect these movies and TV shows to adjust to the size of the bag you can't change the bag and expect it to be something different because it's not the the product is the the movie, the TV show is the same. It's not changing. I
1: understand with the urge for studios to repackage older things and try to make people think there is something new. I understand that urge. I don't agree with it a, a lot of times, but I understand it because marketing today is a lot different than it was even 10 or 20 years ago. So, um, I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is that the people making the decisions about what needs to be done have no clue what they're doing. And it's obvious every time you see something like this that happens, they don't know what to do.
0: Well, it's interesting. And it's, it's appalling. Because, you know, they have so much more data now than they ever had. But it's what do you do with that data? You know how does that data lead you to the enterprise's landing? Because you know so much more about the way people, quote unquote, consume content, the way they engage on social. I mean, they're following everything you do and everything you click on, and they have all this information about you. And yet, this is what we come up with.
1: Yeah, the content is landing.
0: I mean, yeah. it's kind it's of, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy. And you know, it's so interesting because going back to what you did. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Darren, what you said about, you know, Gene, you know, uh, chronicling, you know, in the book in in this this Bible of Star Trek. I mean, the most significant book that was ever written, not only about Star Trek, but in terms of, you know, we always talk about it as a Bible for showrunners, for writers, but it yeah. was just as much a Bible, I would think, for you in the art department, for you as a concept designer, for you, because it talked about, you know, Matt Jeffries and had all those amazing sketches of the enterprise and building the yeah. sets. So it wasn't just about writing because it, no. it says on the book, the book on how to write for TV. Right. But yeah, it was that's about it, that's, so much. That's in there. It's that.
1: about so much more. It's about how yeah. to make a TV show.
0: And yeah. when there was the no way to find that, that out,
1: that's correct. All the aspects yeah. that go into it, it opened that world for people who had no idea about it. And, uh, uh, honestly for a lot of people it was the inspiration to sort of get into that business my myself among them
0: because as, as a kid you know until the, the making of star wars there really wasn't any kind of meaningful behind for for movies it was the jaws log and yep. for and to make of 2001 and for two for for tv there was uh, the making of Star Trek, and also, even though people talk a lot about David Gerald's, The World of Star Trek, which mm-hmm. is really about conventions and things like that, um, yeah, it's it was about the his, aftermath. It was his making of Trouble with Tribbles, which had various yes. drafts and 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 chronicled uh, the rewrite process and how Tribbles went from being about the fuzzies to right. eventually becoming Tribbles. That was incredibly eye opening, and, and yeah, I think absolutely. to this day is one of the great books about writing for television.
1: Absolutely.
2: I mean, like, again, it's just one of those things that nobody had ever done before. There were like, there were no rules, um, and because of that, it was just it. It made. I mean, first of all, it made a huge impression on me. The uh, the making of Star Trek made a huge impression. Although I would say I didn't learn anything about writing for television from the making of Star Trek. What I learned about primarily was um, producing, in the sense of using creativity. To solve problems, it yeah. was a book to me on solving problems, mm. unexpected problems, and mm. and how to cleverly apply things around you or around me um, to to create new things. Right? Like the, uh, I remember the thing that jumped out at me the most, the thing that I remember more than anything is all the talk of the damn salt shakers, mm-hmm. right. That show found more things to do with a salt shaker than Julia Child, right? Like, it was just salt shakers everywhere, but it was so smart. And it's something that stuck with me as a, as a producer. Like, in this business, um, you know, you run into a problem. It's not like, well, what's the most expensive, huge, crazy way to fix it? Yeah. It's what is the thing that's staring me in the face but that can be repurposed?
1: What's great about that story is that there are two brilliant things in it. The first one is how do we show this is a salt shaker in two seconds to the audience, right? And with all these crazy design salt shakers that the Roddenberry was brought, um, he realized that you need to show the audience simply what the story desires. And so the, that was his first decision. It needs to look like a salt shaker. And the second brilliant decision was to take all the other work that his prop man had done for collecting these strange other objects and use that energy to, you know, make McCoy's medical instruments and other things around the ship. There's two great producorial decisions in that little story.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny because um, when I first sold Pandora, we sold it in february and we had to be on the air in june which was like crazy you know Mm. i was we had no money and we had no time and the first thing i did the absolute first thing i did was i went back and reread the making of star trek Mm. because you know there are so many valuable lessons how to deal with having you know very little time very little money uh to to make a science fiction show and that book is as relevant today as uh, it was when it was written after the second season of Star Trek by uh, Stephen Poe, Stephen Whitfield, and uh, Gene Roddenberry. And and again, that's another thing about, we've talked about on the show before, that's so significant, uh, such a significant part of of Star Trek, because um, it was a show that invited you to go behind the scenes, which I can't say anybody really cared about how Bonanza was being made or Gunsmoke or, you know, (laughs) uh, Dr. Kildare. But right. you know, um, because you can imagine exactly how it's made. But you know, yeah. this was a show where even people who didn't want to become Hollywood writers or producers or production designers, concept arts, they cared how they wanted to know more about how the show was made. Yeah, and 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 how many books have been written about that, about the making of Star Trek, the behind the scenes of Star Trek. What well, you know, obviously, I've done several of them. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it's anyway. uh, and it's
1: amazing how revealing the magician's tricks doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the magic show.
2: Not at all. Not decisions. at all. It. In fact, I, I it certainly happens. forget it. You know what I mean? It's like I. For, yeah. I still forget that I'm watching a magic trick.
1: But even if and you I don't, don't forget, always, even if you don't forget, it enhances the enjoyment by wow, that actually works, and I don't know how.
0: Yeah, that was the experience I had. You know, obviously, I was on the set of Next Generation many times. Yeah when I was covering it for uh and later Sci-Fi Universe and spent a lot of time on the set and watching episodes. And it was always a kick to watch, you know, you'd see a scene being filmed and then you'd see it and it was completely transformative, obviously mm-hmm. uh, once it was edited and once it was scored and mixed and everything. Yeah. And, you know, I never found an episode was ruined. Yeah. There were episodes like too short a season that were ruined before I even set foot on the set. But uh, <laughs> But, you know, the, you know, being on the set of all good things or being on the set of, um, you know, many of the episodes that I was I was there for um, were, were, were not any less entertaining or any more compelling, less compelling because I had set foot on because right. I was there and watched them film. Um,
2: but yeah, uh, it's like sometimes, you know, I'll sit and watch things. I mean, I think this is probably true for all of us, right? Like. You know, my my test on some level for whether I am enjoying a show is is the writer producer in my head going, okay, like I'm totally seeing how the sausage is made here, and oh look, like that all of that is happening like right. over her shoulder because but they I'll had to pick up everything it. as ADR.
0: Yeah, right. But it's like, but if something is great, I totally forget. Like I stop thinking about it. Yep. Totally. I, I do the same thing. It's like, yeah, you, you, you hear these lines you're like, oh, that's ADR, you know, you're not, and it's like, you're, but it's not interfering. I'll tell you what show has just totally, and we, we've talked about this before, House of the Dragon has completely sucked me in, you know, where I'm, I don't find that thing where I'm editing in my head or doing, you mm-hmm. know, doing anything because it's just like, I'm completely, you know, captivated by, by this story. And that's a, you know, yeah. real testament to Ryan, our friend, Ryan Condell. Um But, um, but yeah, it definitely is something that you find yourself doing, particularly with some of the new Star Trek series. Um, But uh, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting thing, because you think, you know, once you've seen how the sausage is made, can you enjoy the sausage? And uh, you're right, I think you, you absolutely can. Especially if the sausage is great, right?
2: It's like you know what sausage you don't want to find out like how it was made is probably the stuff that the guy in the street corner is selling, but like, but some, but if you have a really great sausage, I mean, no. you don't find you don't mind finding out like what's in it, do you? I can't. No,
0: I, can't I, uh, wait I don't till... eat sausage, so I prefer. To yeah, think that's of true. It yeah. The uh, chicken satay right. from Mr. Chow's in Vegas—that was okay. really good. I oh my god, till, that was good.
1: I can't wait till people take audio samples from this episode and uh, just put it out on the internet of Ashley just raving about sausage <laughs> episode one sausage party A sausage king of Chicago <laughs> if I knew I Froman, sausage king of Chicago
0: yeah, <laughs> damn yeah. it sir you know it's funny because our good friend Jose Molina had had written on Facebook the other day. I wonder why Abe Froman never showed up for his reservation that day, right? And I said, well, don't <laughs> worry. I'm sure Paramount Television is working on a John Hughes cinematic universe where they'll explain oh my it. God. Because you know <laughs> nothing should ever lie. Foul. So, what do we think about um, uh, you know a couple of things this week? Uh, I, I'm, I'm I I guess today um, uh, Joe Straczynski marshaled his marshaled his forces on the uh, ukrainian border to um uh uh, uh, uh do a, a full court press for his um babylon 5 reboot uh that yeah. uh, cw had in development for a little bit um d- the campaigns like that work anymore i guess we'll see huh we'll see um i'd be it's, shocked it's uh,
1: it's kind of sad seeing him uh doing the full court press on it uh I, I hope it. I hope it works out. But I felt the same it, way. It feels a little desperate,
0: and I, I, I felt like the same feeling. way. And I wish him well. I hope it happens. Absolutely, I'm a fan of the show. Uh, you know, but I, I felt the same way. I, it's like, you know, Gene. To his credit, kept his fingerprints off of it. You know, like. It looked like a, a organic fan movement, even though, as we know in retrospect, it wasn't. And that he was he know, was pulling the he was
1: pulling the strings from behind the scenes. But Joe
0: Trimble, I choose you. It was good that he was, uh, you know, the Wizard of uh, of of, of uh, Great Bird, you know, the Wizard of Oz there behind the curtain, you know. Yeah. And and I think that Joe going and on Twitter and basically, you know, boring his, his fans it's it's like because you know every time you have a product project that's languishing in development how it's just it's just you know it's either gonna happen or yeah. it's
2: not i i see that happen it's not just joe but it's like i i i see writers producers do that kind of thing and there's a little bit of the sort of the, the stench of the sick gazelle to it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like and it just makes it feel less like it's going to happen than well, if he were saying nothing at all,
0: we we talked a lot, but I you know, I have to say, we said we talked a lot about that with Nick going out there and bemoaning the death of his uh SETI Alpha 5 uh miniseries, and you know, now they're doing it as a podcast, and you know, some would argue they're doing that to basically uh um shut him up, you know, mm. uh, and uh, you, you know, it's it's interesting because when he was first doing it, I was like. Why is Nick doing this? Nick is this super talented, you know. Um, uh, you, know uh, ma- you know, director, and he, he has this incredible oeuvre of films that he's done. And like, why is he like put himself on social media, like basically complaining that his you know miniseries didn't get made? And uh, but you know now they're doing this podcast, which I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, so it's a way to do it I cheaply. Hope it, I hope it works out. I really, yeah, yeah i mean me I'll, 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 I'll listen to it yeah you know i'll i'll listen to it I, i'd be interesting i i'm curious to see who they would cast as khan you know and are you going to cast like a pakistani actor are you can cast a latino actor or are you gonna cast the to better Gumberpatch? yeah antonio um, banderas well the thing is how do you cast ricardo you know right. i mean yeah. who who has that kind of charisma You know, and nobody, and you know, he was big without being big. You know, he had that thing that Shatner has. You know, this operatic quality, but he could go small, he could go big, but it didn't go over the top. Oh, you're going to direct me, and 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 it's just like (laughs) so much the better. Because you know, you really, you you know, I've said this before. I don't think Spacey to me is a top ten episode, but he's amazing in it. I still yeah. like the episode, but he, it, what makes it great is that performance, which is actually a better performance than he gives in Star Trek 2. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, how do you, how, where do you find the new Ricardo?
2: Right, because he was a villain in search of a story, as opposed to most of the time they wind up with stories in search of villains. But um, yeah, but I, again, I don't know like where you find a, a new Ricardo. I don't know who that guy is.
1: But again, he never played it like the villain. He no, he it didn't. Like, he he played it like a king who was uh, struggling to find his kingdom again.
0: Yeah, very well put. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And then, you know, is Marlon MacGyver's in it? That'll be interesting. Well, how do you I cast hope. Madeline Rue? Probably easy. Well, you'll you'll rue the day.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, interesting to to see. And you know, I do think that if that is successful, you know, in terms of monetizing it or however, whatever they, they they try to get out of it, then, you know, Star Trek audio dramas could be interesting, you know, as as a, uh, as something to explore. It's certainly a way to keep, sure. you know, I mean, uh, it's certainly
2: untethered by the, the need to uh, drive episodes with visual effects, which Star Trek has never been about. Like, look, when the visual effects are awesome, it's awesome. And okay, let's just face it. We love it. I mean, there's certainly like, you know, like some of my, favorite DS9 moments, but my most favorite moments from Star Trek have nothing to do with the visual effects. Yep. And the virtue of the audio dramas is it forces you to rely on story mm. and character and, and performance. Exactly. Great dialogue. And if that works, you know, then I, you know, I, I have hope that perhaps in these audio podcasts, we might find life from lifelessness.
0: Well, you know, it's funny that takes us back to the t-shirts we were talking about at the beginning. I got it. I got a T-shirt. I want. I can live with it. Ah, I yeah. can live with it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, you know what it would be great? Okay, this is more a Darren T-shirt than than a Paramount T-shirt. But what we got back did live long. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot. Fortunately. <laughs> ah yes. You could do a whole line and start bunch much bigger. Won't you please sit down?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would see i I'd, I'd like those. I'd like my vow
2: of celibacy is on record. Oh well,
0: those were held well, big <laughs> as in Vegas. Yeah, and
1: you don't you don't want the truth out there that much, but uh, yeah, the truth
0: is out there. <laughs> um, it's just but, so big and out there.
1: Why is everything we don't understand always called a thing? Oh, the thing that's a good teacher, <laughs> and then had that is the, the movie poster from the thing.
0: oh my gosh so so many other options as opposed to the enterprise's uh enterprise landing that was a boy we really were stretching it to do a show about this
1: (laughs) well not necessarily because this is a this is a big deal to fans like us
0: yeah you know yeah that's the thing
1: and we've always talked about you know things that are important to us and mm-hmm. if the audience goes along with us, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine too. That's yeah, fine. yeah. And
2: what better way to kick off the fifth season than to talk about what this starship is about? That's right. And I think that's what this conversation really is. If we can't talk about this, then what are we talking about? At yeah. All?
0: And we got plenty of fun stuff planned. We got Rod Roddenberry coming down to talk to us. We have uh Chris, uh, Chris Cantwell, um, the creator of Holes and Catch Fire is going to talk about his love of Star Trek. We got, um, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, Rafe Needleman is back, uh, with a simulcast of our, um, uh, trivia contest from, uh, Las Vegas. Um, yeah. we, we, hopefully are going to be doing another stage reading with some, some great, uh, cast and crew. Um, we got lots of cool stuff planned for, um, this, uh, fifth season. Fred Freiberger yep. did not take over the show. Uh, it, <laughs> we're, 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 we're still at the helm and we intend to bring you some great Star Trek content. And, uh, If you're interested in Star Trek and Star Trek Beyond, and I'm not talking about the Kelvin Universe movie, I'm talking about Star Trek-adjacent topics, you want to subscribe to Trek Sports Plus so you can get onto Deck 78, a super-secret deck somewhere between (laughs) Deck 77 and Deck 79 um, where we talk about Trek-adjacent topics. Uh, in the genre universe i mean maybe, maybe not maybe we'll do better call Saul. who knows but uh I, I know i want to do wise guy coming up but um we're gonna do a lot of trek adjacent on that so the only way to get deck 78 is by subscribing to trek experts plus this way you can still listen to Trek experts if you don't you're not interested in Dex seventy eight. no one's charging you nobody's putting a gun to your head nobody's saying you gotta you know just keep listening to, to inglorious experts like you always have but if you want more of the Trek experts, you want to hear more of Ashley, more of Darren, and maybe even a little more of me, then you want to come to Deck 78. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they, you could ask the turbo left to take you there, but it won't. You it have won't. to know the code. You have to have You gotta the know fee. the code and you have to it's be not invited. You know, that's really what REM was singing. You, you have about. to know, you know a like guy. The frequency Kenneth. You know, how do you get to Deck 78? That's what they wanted to know. So uh, you can find out on uh, all our social channels and Glorious Trek, at Glorious Trek's person at Instagram and on Facebook which has the, uh, the link or you can go to anchor FM uh, and, uh, and, and, and sign up for uh, a subscription. You can continue to listen to Inglorious Tracksmiths wherever you listen to podcasts and Deck 78, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but you need to subscribe to the anchor FM link. And we hope you'll do that. It's only $4.99 a month. And that supports our sound mixer and our staff and our team that makes this show possible. So hopefully – uh, you'll join us. And even if you're not interested in the new show, maybe you just want to support the show. It's a great way to support the show by uh, subscribing. And we hope to offer other content. And we are going to offer, um, you know, some, uh, hopefully, uh, at live events, some access and uh, some other things we haven't quite figured out yet. Because what I'm do you want?
1: To... You want credits? I'll
0: give them to you. You'll be a rich man.
1: A command of your own? <laughs> I can swing problem. that too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because uh, we are we are trying to expand our our, our boots on the ground uh, this year. Um, you know, traditionally we've always gone to San Diego Comic Con and WonderCon. Uh, recently, we we started going to the Star Trek Vegas uh, show, but we might uh, do a few more conventions this year. Might if, be uh, some surprises in store. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. and uh, we'd like to see you there at a safe distance. So uh... <laughs> at least six feet away. <laughs> And uh, but you know you can tell us what good restaurants you have in your town and all that kind of fun stuff, which is good because I have to say we we've never yeah you walk meal. straight forward. I we never In fact, when you join us for um, our next episode on the uh, on, on on with Rave Needleman and the Quiz Show in Vegas, we can tell you where we had all our wonderful meals in, in Vegas. Right. And I, I I don't want this to be a spoiler, but I did not get hit by a uh, scooter this year. Although it was really funny yes. because you. You specifically said to me, you "said, oh my Mark, you're you're off the hook. This is great. And you, you know, you didn't get hit by a scooter this year." And literally, I, I i left the I left the room to go to the airport, and I got into it to uh, into the elevator, and I almost got hit by one of those people in those freaking scooters. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I swear.
2: Did you have trauma? Did you have like a PTSD episode? But I was
0: so alert to it. I was so alert to it oh that goodness. I was able, it you know, with my lightning agility, my cat like reflexes, to get out of the way. <laughs> In time, wow. because I was I had this you know trauma. Well, I was thank triggered. God for
1: that, because we would have never heard the end of it.
0: No, you never. Would not have, <laughs> and I, 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 you would never. And um, I have to say, I was not not a fan, as we will talk about, of the Bally's Hotel, which is soon to become what is the Horseshoe? Horseshoe, yes. It's is the it Horseshoe? Yeah, yeah. It's being rebranded.
1: Yeah, but Caesar's, okay.
0: Caesar's sold it. Caesar's won't own it anymore. Yeah. It'll be oh, uh, really? part of the Horseshoe chain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh, and, and the convention will no longer be there. They're moving the convention back to the Rio, which has apparently been, uh, much like the Enterprise, got uh, refurbished. It's almost and, a totally uh, new hotel. You don't recognize it a tenth of as well as we do. Well, <laughs> um, I know this hotel like the back of my hand. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we'll go to Deck 78. We we could have, like, these little Deck Seven. Now, what am I talking about? Deck seventy eight to get together. I don't want to get together with anybody, Darren. I know you know like they do that. Uh, with the, I'm still here. Know, the, 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 okay. The yeah, uh, frozen again. Cool. Let's get together because with
1: of his the listeners. his uh, his zest. For maybe we'll do some Twitter and uh, podcasting. Like, you know where you can have uh, like sometimes you know, it's com- overwhelming like, conversations
2: his which aren't recordable. So, so, that's right. His his thoughts yeah. raced yeah. ahead so fast
0: speak freely. that uh, he achieved so, relativistic so, um, speed. maybe we'll do that. But Darren just froze up
1: in the in the long run. The 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 story is... Darren, that, are you there? Yes, we're oh here. God, yes, full of
0: stars. Oh, you're, you're, you're back.
1: Your bandwidth is... Uh, you're fairly. back.
2: Oh. <laughs> yes. I, I, you I, were I, gone. We I, were here. I,
1: I, I was gone.
2: And I'm you're gone. Yes. Like Lucy
0: in the Sky with diamonds. Gone.
2: But luckily, we got your message where you basically told us that you knew how difficult it would be um, you know, without you around and that we just had to, to, to learn to work together and to, to get along and, and we have then... we've
0: we've ended the show already
2: no oh, okay, we yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> no we uh, i we think on we that
0: note maybe we should well we want to thank everybody <laughs> for joining us again for this fifth season of Inglorious we'll be back next week with an all-new deck 78 if you're a Trexperts plus subscriber and then we will return with inglorious Trexperts, which is available to everyone it's it's much like uh carousel you
2: might, and, no matter who uh, you are
0: yeah so uh Anyway, uh, uh, you can visit us on uh, Inglorious Trek at Twitter, Inglorious Trek Experts on Instagram, Inglorious Trek on Facebook. Uh, but until next week, on behalf of Ashley, Darren, and myself, Mark A. Ullman, what do we say? Keep on trekking! And gloriously, of course. game.